0: The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello everyone. It's Dr. Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. The holidays are upon us. Thanksgiving is just next week, and then it's Christmas, and either you're like, hey, I am so excited, or you're just, oh, I just can't wait for it to get over, or you're somewhere in between. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about how to make the best or the most of the holiday season, how to survive, or maybe how to even thrive during this very complicated, most wonderful time of the year on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Enough. okay you wouldn't lie to me would you You making it you surviving well we are coming upon the holiday season unless you're listening to this in podcast form a few months down the road but uh if you're listening to this on the radio or when i put it out live or or, you know the first week uh, we got thanksgiving coming up and then we have christmas and uh you know depending upon what's going on in your life your situation in life or your in-laws, or how fun grandma is, uh, this is either a wonderful time or not so much. Uh, I love that song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, sometimes you sing that by faith, right? Because it's not always that wonderful. And and so when you talk about something like the holidays, it's it's hard to say anything, I don't know, that just applies to everyone. Uh, particularly for some of you, you're like, "Hey, I love the part where I'm just with my family, but I'm not so happy about the part where I gotta go be with my extended family for Thanksgiving and listen to them talk about the impeachment hearings. I don't, I don't want to deal with that." So there's these different parts you like. There's these different parts you hate. Uh, I think about this with Black Friday. I'm not a big fan of Black Friday. I used to do a daily radio show where every year I would ridicule. Black Friday, and and you know I'm doing it a little bit here, just a little bit, because I, I just it it's crazy to me, you know. We got Thanksgiving off, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Usually there's not much planned. If ever there was a time just to do stuff with our family, to relax, to get a puzzle out, to go on a hike. I know it's kind of cold. Maybe a hike's not the best thing, but just to totally just have fun in a non-commercial, non-stressful way. It would be the day after Thanksgiving. But instead, we turn it into a retail holiday. Now, I had a a dear woman who used to send me emails and she'd say, "We, we love going out as a family on Black Friday and that's what we do and please don't judge me. And so I had to make this concession that for some of you, it's the most wonderful time of the year to go out and buy stuff on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or something Tuesday. I love how everything's named something. But regardless, for some of us, there's some aspects of the holiday season that are just extremely stressful. There's just no way around it. If your budget is tight, I've got four kids. You know how that goes, right? You're trying to figure out buying presents and how much money you spend on them. And then regardless of what you spend on them, whether they're going to like it or whether you got the right thing, there's a lot of stress when it comes to the holiday season. Now, before you get upset at me, hey, he keeps saying holiday. He's not saying Christmas. (laughs) Okay. I, I sometimes like to make a demarcation here. There are some things that are like the holidays, and there's other things that are Christmas. I personally don't mind if I go into Target if they talk about the holidays. I don't know if I want Christmas to be associated with the chaos that goes on at Walmart. You know, I'd maybe want to leave Christ out of that. Now, when I walk into the church, when we're singing a carol, when I'm watching my favorite Christmas movie, yes, I love having Christ in Christmas. But when it comes to just Crass commercialism and just people grumpy and angry and uh, return policies. I'm fine with people calling it uh, the holidays. I I don't mind making that distinction. I don't think God is offended when we leave Him out of some of the most crass expressions of commercialism, associating that with Christmas. But so we got Thanksgiving coming up and we've got Christmas, and I just want to talk a little bit of how we can make the best. Of these uh this season, this holiday season, you know i just I just love that song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. well, th- sometimes that song is is a statement of faith. It's just okay, I'm gonna sing this, even though I don't uh, necessarily believe it. It's fascinating to me that so many of our songs our reminiscing songs there's so many of our ideas about christmas and the holidays as we we think about the past right we we talk about christmas like i'm dreaming of a wide christmas just like the ones i used to know it's always about the past you know my my past christmas the past when i was a kid how things used to be there's this concept of trying to do something or make things like they used to be so there's this yearning for the season to be special, many people have this yearning, you know, for our family to be back together the way we used to be, for it to feel like it used to, and so there's this yearning for the past. But this yearning for the past often leads to a lot of dissatisfaction in the present. I often compare uh, the Christmas season or the holiday season to like uh, one of those merry-go-rounds with a with a ring where you catch the brass ring. Now, if you live in the Washington area. Uh, in Eastern Washington, there's this great uh, uh, merry-go-round or carousel uh, in Spokane, in Spokane, Washington. That has uh, basically you can reach out for these brass rings. So there's this um, pretty fast carousel, and uh, I would go visit our family in Spokane, my grandpa and aunts and uncles, and we'd always go to the, their park there, and we'd go on the carousel, and the carousel would make a revolution, and then you would reach out, you get on a, a one of those horses and you'd get out on, on, one, on, on the outside, and if you reached out far enough, and little kids couldn't do this, they couldn't reach, so you had to kind of reach out dangerously, you had to loosen uh, the tightness of the belt that held you onto the horse, and you'd reach out your arm as far as you could, and reach up into the air, and if you could, you could grab a ring that was extended out, like there was this ring that was just, there was a person who would feed it with these little rings, and depending upon the years, the rings changed in their consistency. They got cheaper and cheaper over time, but eventually there would be a brass ring. And if you got the brass ring, you would get a free ride. Uh, if you got any of the other rings, you'd, you'd you'd grab it and then you'd throw it into a clown's mouth somewhere else on the rotation. This was a big deal to try to reach out for that ring. And uh, when you were, it was kind of scary because you're going really fast. And as a little kid, you couldn't reach it. And if you reached it wrong, you'd jam your hand in the machine that's kicking out the rings. And, and so there's a little bit of fear there. You know, you're reaching out, the thing's spinning around. You don't want to jab, jab your hand or jam your hand. The person in front of you, you know, your older brother, older sister keeps getting it. So there's this pressure. And there's such excitement when you get that first ring. Or there's such excitement when you see the brass ring in front of you. And you're like, maybe I can get it this time. You can see it. You, can, you prepare yourself. You go for a whole rotation, and you reach out, and you, and you can't grab it. And you're like, okay, next time around, I'm going to get it next time around. And you reach out, and you try to grab it, and you, and you can't get it. So you go, next time around. And then you can't get it. And I remember as a kid, you know, the ride doesn't last forever. And my parents didn't have a, you know unlimited amount of money for five kids. And so I knew I might get one ride or two rides, but probably just one ride, maybe two rides. And I knew halfway through that ride, if I hadn't gotten a ring yet, okay, the ride's going to end. And so I got one more time to prepare myself. And I'd reach out and try to grab the ring again. I'd try to grab the ring again. And, And then eventually the ride stops. And if you hadn't got a ring, that was a pretty disappointing ride. You wanted to do it one more time. Well, when I look at the Christmas season or the holiday season, some of us are perpetually trying to grab the brass ring we're preparing ourselves like i just this year's going to be different. This year we're going to find a way, you know, and we we get ready and we we reach out and try to make it special. But what happens over time is you do that enough if you keep reaching out and trying to make special family memories and you try to buy the buy the right presents or go on the right little one-day trip or you know the getting the tree, christmas tree that turns into a fiasco and and you keep reaching out for that brass ring, and you never get the brass ring. By the way, when I'm doing this right now, talking to you, I'm reaching out into the air for some reason. I'm just like a little kid reaching out for that brass ring. But when you keep reaching out, and you don't get the brass ring, you become fatalistic. And then you stop trying. And I see some of you listening where it becomes so frustrating that you never reach the thing you're trying to reach, that now you're just kind of riding on the ride. You're just like that sad kid on the merry-go-round just going around giving up on the possibility or you're just frustrated instead of enjoying the process your eyes are just focused like i got i got to do it this time we're gonna prepare it right this time it's not gonna be like last year it's not we're not gonna have a fight like we had last year at the thanksgiving table and we're not you know, th- this year, we're going to make sure we organize. When we get the presents, we're not going to be doing things last second. And and for certain, we're not going to fight about setting up the Christmas tree. You know, sometimes I think I share too many fights with you guys. I, w- I was reading uh, a Twitter um, argument. I-, I spend time on Twitter. My my handle is fairly spiritual if you want to follow me. But people were judging a pastor for sharing uh, some of his, um, you know, that that he sometimes slammed doors. I'm not a door slammer, but he mentioned that he slammed doors or the wife mentioned that she slammed doors. I don't know who slammed doors or whatever, but people were judging that you shouldn't say that or you need to say it in the right context. And I sometimes get nervous that people are going to judge my honesty. They're going to judge what I'm saying. They're going to assume something worse. But I, I, I want to be honest with you. I don't want to pretend. I've been around pastors and they're just people. There's no superheroes. There's no heroes and there's no villains. There's just people. And one of the things that would frustrate me is, you know, we would put up our Christmas tree and, and no matter how much I'd say, you know, I'm I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to complain. This isn't going to turn into a squabble. A squabble is a nice way to talk about a marital fight. But, uh, you know, uh, eventually I'm under the tree Trying to you know put it together that that we have a terrible tree stand that doesn't quite work but it's decorative and we keep it and the tree is crooked and I'm asking my wife do I do I move it to the right or the left and she's giving directions I don't understand and I'm like your right or my right towards the wall or not towards the wall and my voice gets more irritated and I'm and then I'm just like I'm not gonna do that this year I'm not I'm not gonna get irritated I'm not I'm not gonna get upset we're not gonna fight over putting the tree up. And so it's again, it's like this brass ring i'm gonna I'm gonna be the best husband this year. Dad's gonna do an amazing job. but you you know, you keep trying to do that, and eventually eventually you get tired of failing, and it becomes just pretty disappointing. So I just wanted to talk with you. I just wanted to prepare you right now, and I, I just wanted to give I was praying for the listening audience, just praying for you today about praying for some things for you, like how can you move forward? uh For Thanksgiving and Christmas in a way that's helpful and and I want to read from romans uh, eight five Now one I want to remind you that if you're in christ, you 've been given the Holy Spirit and you't you're not left alone you're not left alone just to follow principles of behavior. You have the Holy Spirit to guide you, and you can be led by the spirit and and Paul often talks about this that we can be either led by the flesh or the spirit. Now being led by the flesh is not, I think, often what we think. Sometimes when we talk about being led by the flesh, we think about perversions, like, you know, the flesh is in sexuality, you know, my fleshly desires. Uh, Paul is not talking about the flesh just in that category. Certainly, fleshly desires and inappropriate sexual expressions can be being led by the flesh. But when Paul says, you know, don't live according to the flesh, He's basically saying, just don't be led according to yourself, your senses, what you can taste, what you can touch, how you feel, your flesh. Here's the simplest way to put it. We are living in the flesh, right? And eventually, our flesh is going to die. We're going to die, right? How do we live eternally? Well, God is going to resurrect us, right? We will have resurrected bodies, and that's going to occur through the Holy Spirit, According to the flesh, we will die. This flesh cannot save itself. And Paul basically is saying you cannot live according to the flesh, just what you want to taste, what you want to see, uh, what feels good. We are called to live according to the Spirit. And the Spirit often calls us to things that are against how we feel or what we desire, or are greater than what we feel or what we desire. And so you could read through all the Romans 8 here, but I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Uh, Romans 8, 5. For those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. So setting your mind on the things of the flesh is I'm going to do what pleases me. I'm going to do, you know, what, the, what pleases the senses. Uh, you know, what, what, what I, what's desirous of like I, you know, I want to do this because it feels good. I, I want to stay angry because I'm mad. I want to, you know, get my way because it's my way and my flesh desires my way. It's just fleshly desires. It's based on my desires. God doesn't come into the equation. It's just what I want to do, when I want to do it. Living according to the flesh could be doing things based on what Doug tells you to do. It's still doing based on what us humans think is right to do. He says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. And I love that, because it's not just life, but it's peace. And this is the same reminder of where uh, Moses talks about uh, with with God when he's going to go into the promised land, and God says, I'm going to send an angel, but I'm not going to go with you. But he says, don't go with us, because your, your presence is the only thing that distinguishes us from the rest of the people on the face of the earth. And And God says, You know, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is the same thing with living according to the Spirit. When we live according to the Spirit, there's life, but there's also peace. We don't have to have that anxiety that anxiety of, Oh, I got to make everything work right here. And I got to, you know, if this thing isn't perfect, it's all falling apart and the day's ruined. Thanksgiving is ruined. Black Friday is ruined. Christmas Eve is ruined. There's no hope here because these things have not worked out the way I wanted them to work out. That's all having a mindset on the flesh. And, and, he, and Paul goes on, and I'm not going to read all this, but he says the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God because basically it's just, I'm going to do what feels good to me, what works for my flesh, or I'm just going to live according to my flesh. If you live according to your flesh, you're not allowing God to lead you. It does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. And basically he's saying there, you know, Christ, in Christ, this body died. You died with Christ. Your body died, you died to this flesh, you died in Christ, now you live based in Christ's life, and so you can live according to the Spirit. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I wasn't going to read as much of this, but this is just such good Scripture that even if everything I'm saying, you're like, I don't know, Doug, this is worth reading. So then brethren we are under uh, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh for if you are living according to the flesh you must die but if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body you will live for all who are being led by the spirit of god these are sons of god for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out Abba Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children heirs, also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. There's there's so many things in this that are just beautiful, but even the idea of being led by the Spirit also connects us to that, that daddy relationship with God, that intimacy that we're not alone, that we're dearly loved, that we're acceptable and pleasing to God. So so why do I bring this all up with the holiday season? If we're going to make it through this season, particularly if you're struggling, is we're going to have to find ourselves in a position where we're constantly open to and yielding to the work of the Spirit. And not just, you know, the day before, not just praying, you know, okay, Lord, show me how to live this day, but in the moment continually open and yielding to the work of the Spirit. You know, sometimes even our ideas can become a law unto themselves, right? We can have an idea, right? This is what the day is going to be like. The day is going to be this. We're going to get up at a certain time. Uh, I'm going to make waffles for the kids. And because we do our Christmas waffles thing or whatever your tradition is. And they're going to like this. And next, we're going to do that. And you have it all planned out. And and you think that plan is from God, even. You've prayed about it. And this is the way you're going to do a special thing. Well, what happens? Something happens to change that plan. Uh, Someone sleeps in or wakes up very grumpy. Uh, You don't have waffle mix or you don't know how to make waffles. I don't know what the issue is, but the plan uh, runs amiss. It doesn't work the way you thought it would work. Well, if you make your life about the plan, that's really living according to the flesh or according to the law. But if you make it about living according to the Spirit, then you stop and you go, Okay, Lord, this is not going to plan. Holy Spirit lead me. What do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do now? And this can be very difficult. I, You know, the holidays are full of all kinds of stressful things where, okay, someone, you know, Uncle So-and-so just caused a big fight at the Thanksgiving table. So, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do now? And God will lead you. God will direct you and say, you know, you need to go into the other room, and you need to go talk to your aunt and just comfort her and Maybe ask her some gentle questions of how she's doing, because right now she's hurt by the way she was treated by her husband. Or maybe you need to go outside the house and find that cousin that's hurting, that doesn't know how to connect, and and just spend time uh, talking with him or talking with her. The Spirit of the Lord will be that specific on what you're supposed to do. Maybe the Holy Spirit will tell you to use this opportunity as a time to apologize to people to come back into the room and say, you know what, we need to start over. I've just been really grumpy, and I'm sorry. I'm not going to justify it. I'm sorry. Can you, can you just let me start over? I just I'm sorry. The Spirit of the Lord will lead you. It doesn't mean other people will follow. It's important to realize this. Other people might still reject your offering, but you'll know that you've been led by the Spirit. See, our life isn't some sort of brass ring that we only get one chance to grab on the rotation of life. You know, okay, uh, one chance, and then we go around again, one chance, and then we go around again. No, every single decision in life, we have the opportunity to make a spirit-led decision. So you fail, someone fails you, you're confused. You can pray and say, Lord, I'm not going to live based on how I feel. And you can feel that way. According to the flesh, you're sad. It's not wrong that you're sad. It's just that you don't live according to your sadness. It doesn't say, you know, you should feel condemned that your flesh feels a certain way. It's just don't live according to how your flesh feels. Live according to the spirit. So there is a preparatory reality for this. Preparatory, that's kind of an odd word to say, but there is a reality for this. So you know, you should be praying. Pray as you go into this. Pray, Lord, how, how do you want my heart? You know, search my heart. What, what kind of focus do you want me to have? And, and how do you want me to approach Thanksgiving? How do you want me to approach these different things? You know, how do you even want me to prepare things? And what do you want me to do with, with, with the, the smallest details to the largest details? How do you want me to connect with the people you've entrusted to my care? That's, that's so important. Like, what do you want me to do? God will show you. God will show you. Like, I, you know, God will say, you, you need to be encouraging your kids. I want you just to focus on encouraging your kids. No complaints, no accusatory questions about what are you doing with your life. You're just going to spend the whole time saying encouraging things. God will prepare your heart. The Spirit will. But if something happens where this prayer suddenly kind of goes off the rails and something else happens... You can pray in that moment, and God will show you what to do. We don't have to live according to the flesh, how we feel or how others feel. We can live according to the Spirit. I want you to have a meaningful holiday. I want you to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. That might not be possible. You might be going into really difficult territories. In that case, I want you to know the love of the Father. When we're led by the Spirit, we get that Abba Father feeling, where we know that God's with us, and that he loves us, and that he's pleased with us. We get to feel his favor, even if the room isn't that favorable. So let's all open ourselves up to the Spirit's leading, right? We can do that. And then maybe it'll be the most wonderful time of the year. Well, maybe not that. But maybe we don't have to reminisce about the past. Maybe we can just be present with God and embrace this day being spirit led. All right, sounds good, okay. Hey, if you wanna text me, here's the number, 360-818-4513. I also have a special favor. Our church is in uh, the Auburn area. We are looking for a building to meet on Sundays, a permanent place in the Sumner or Auburn area, the Sumner or Auburn area. If you know of a place, we're looking for a miracle, so please contact me. 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. Love you guys. Make room for the Lord. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I'll see you next time. Enough.